You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. When this crisis all kicked off, my week was a flurry of activity. Emails, phone calls, video calls, so much planning and responding and adjusting as we basically had to change the way we did everything. In one email conversation, someone said a phrase which has stuck with me since, and it's something I've reflected on a lot. They said, church is cancelled. And in a way, it was. For the first time in my lifetime, we could no longer gather on Sundays. All our plans, the speaking series we had lined up, the kids and youth sessions we had planned, the community projects about to be launched, cancelled, the building closed, church is cancelled. In that week, I felt a lot of sadness, a sense of grief of what we'll lose. And I felt it too as I checked in on our church building last week, this vast empty space that's normally so full of life and noise, quiet, empty, deserted. What I thought was going to happen can't now. What we had planned was forced to change. And when I thought I'd be surrounded by people, I was alone. I know this experience is something that disciples could relate to. On Good Friday and Easter Saturday, their worlds were turned upside down as the saviour they left everything to follow was brutally executed. That famous phrase of it's Friday but Sunday's coming would have meant nothing to them. They had no idea Sunday was coming. They lost everything. What they thought was going to happen couldn't happen now. What they had planned was forced to change. And when they thought they'd be with Jesus, they were left alone. It's worth reflecting on that Saturday, the part of the Easter story we always neglect and skip past. The waiting, the liminality, the unknown. And I wonder if that's kind of where we are now in the aftermath of this world-changing thing that has caused so many to lose so much. And we live in hope, but we don't know for sure how or when this will end. The good news is that there's hope for us, even in the waiting. This is a passage I love from Romans 8, and I'm starting at verse 18, and it's from the message version. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us, any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. 
He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I love this idea of waiting, not diminishing us, even though it's painful. God is working within it, making something form and grow. We are enlarged in the waiting. So even though church is cancelled, something is happening in this waiting time. God is working. He's making something new. Maybe there's no Sunday sermon, but we are learning so much through the artists, poets and storytellers who express what we're experiencing and help us see it in a new way. Maybe we can't worship God by singing songs together, but there is holiness and awe in the voices of Italians singing to each other across their apartment block balconies or a choir belting out amazing grace outside a London hospital. Maybe we can't pray on a Sunday, but we know God hears the cries of ICU nurses after 12-hour shifts with sores on their faces from wearing personal protective equipment. We know God hears the thanks of a nation with applause at eight o'clock on a Thursday night. And we become the answers to the prayers of others as we drop off food parcels to make lunch families, as we care for our neighbours and walk six miles to sing happy birthday on the driveway of a friend. Maybe our front doors as a church are closed and locked, but how many other doors have opened as we support one another in WhatsApp groups, laugh together on Zoom calls, send love through text messages and emails? Maybe church was never cancelled. Maybe it's just changed. Maybe God is working amongst all of this and using it for good to help us think about what church actually even is anyway, not a meeting or a building or a flashy live stream service, but a living, breathing community of people who love God, love each other and take care of this world. Phyllis Tickle wrote a book called The Great Emergence, in which she argues that every 500 years, the church goes through a, a major reformation or change, a fundamental shift in the way we understand what church is and how we practice it. It reminds me too of the Renaissance, this amazing period of cultural renewal and rebirth that happened between the 14th and 17th century. And where did it start? Italy, after a mass global pandemic called the plague. Maybe this is one of those chances to really change how we understand church, to let this awful moment in our history be a catalyst for huge positive change. Sitting in lockdown, Scared for their lives on that grief-stricken Saturday, the disciples had no idea what was coming. Resurrection. Jesus was still executed. He still died. Things didn't go back to the way they were before. They never could after that. Everything changed. But what came next was even better, better than anyone could have planned, thought, dreamed of. And this Easter, we have that same promise, a resurrection promise, that everything we go through is used by God for good, that he is with us in the waiting, and that things won't go back to the way they were because there's something even better than that coming our way. Church isn't cancelled. Church has just changed. And it might feel like Saturday right now, 
but Sunday is coming, even if we don't know when it will arrive or what it will look like, even if it's not what we wanted or had before. Resurrection is for all of us, and it starts now. Finally then, a benediction. If you are grief-stricken, may the God of all comfort feel closer than your skin. If you are scared of what the future holds, may the God of hope help you see just the next step. If you are tired of waiting, may the God who waits for all of us give you strength to hold on. If you feel dead in what seems like an eternal Easter Saturday, May the God of resurrection bring you to life, now and always. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.